ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility. And from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, you Break iFix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools? It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break iFix. Good evening, beautiful people, and happy Tuesday. This is Tina and Jeff with this week's episode of Floors Truly. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing this week? I am rolling, darling. How are you? I am doing fabulous. I am making the best of a weird, awkward situation, but I'm having a good time. I'm taking care of things at the house. I'm being productive, so I'm, I'm feeling good. Hey, this gives us a whole new definition to March Madness, right? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But it's a it's- mad, mad world. It, but, you it, know, I think we make the most of it, especially down here. I mean, it's it's been crazy to have, uh, you know, one thing I was telling somebody this week was, you know, in times where we've been in, in crisis with a hurricane or something else, and we're able to go on the social media or whatever else and see the rest of the world living normally, there's that normalcy that's there. But now the entire world is all facing the exact same craziness that we are. So uh, if if there's one good thing, we're all in the boat together, right? Right. And it's forcing us to slow down. It's forcing us to catch up with things and do things that we normally don't want to do. And I can tell you that I'm hundred percent guilty of that. You know, if the weekend is beautiful, I want to go out. I want to go do things, take the boat out, you know, go out and about. Now I'm forced to take care of things at the house and I'm getting my blinds clean and my fans clean and I'm trying new recipes and I'm finally starting those shows. I always used to laugh when people would say, you know, oh, I binge watched the show on Netflix. I never had the time to do that. I'm actually taking it now. I just started the morning show, which is on uh, Apple and I've been wanting to see it since it came out. I'm a huge fan of Jennifer Aniston. So I've been wanting to see that. We've been watching a couple episodes. This is something that I normally would not been able to do. So it's actually very relaxing. You take that breather and go, okay, let me try this out and see how it goes. I mean, I'm doing that with homeschooling. I'm I just finally, you know, last week I kind of gave the kids a chance to get their act together, take a little bit of a spring break. And then today we kind of started diving into the the lessons and, hey, here's your workspaces, like here's time school starts, school ends. And it's just enough that they're not going to get uh, molded brain syndrome over this time period until if and when they go back to school. So we're all getting used to new normals. We're all getting used to new things. But I tell you what, later in the show, I am going to have an idea that could increase pre- productivity in everyone's home. I think it's going to work pretty well. I do. I think, I think this, um, it's an unfortunate situation, believe me. But I think that we are all going to be better people And I know that we're taking our time and doing things and and having to adjust, like you said, to the new normal, because unfortunately, you know, given everything, like you said, we're all in the same boat, but it's to me right now, I I feel like I said, that's, you know, making the best out of a bad situation. We are, you know, we're, we're doing things, taking time for things, stopping in the smell of roses, basically is, is the best analogy. I don't have children. I've mentioned that before, but I, you know, I've had friends that have told me in the, in the last couple of days, they've been able to spend time and do things and play games and that they normally just don't have to do. It forces you back into slower times. So, you know, yeah, if you, if you look at this as a recentering of your life, 
that is the correct approach. Recenter yourself, recenter your family. You know, I've even done a little bit of social distance, not just social distancing, but even social media distancing. I kind of backed off of the Facebook scene a bit. You're not the I'm only one that's done that. Quite a few people have done that, I've noticed. But I feel like if you take that internist approach and you focus on yourself, you enjoy your surroundings, you enjoy what you're getting into, you can absolutely come out of this better than you went into it. And that should be the goal of every single person in the world right now. I agree. I agree. And, and, I, and I've said this numerous times, you have to not only take care of your physical health, you must take care of your mental health. You so whatever right. you ha- need to do to make yourself feel better, whether, you know, watch that cheesy movie or binge watch reality shows or, you know, uh, jump into a book that you've been wanting to read, do it, do it while you have the time because life is always so fast paced. Yes, it is. It so is. we need to take, make the most of this time and regroup, you know, with our family and spend it together and, and, and learn about new things, start new projects and, you know, just, just get out there and enjoy of life course, again. I know one thing that you've been doing, even though you <laughs> haven't said it out loud, and that is playing with that crystal ball of yours. <laughs> so we're going to dive right into the Saints Free Agency. I've had a lot of people last ask me about week, that crystal ball. <laughs> last week, that crystal ball came in really handy. You nailed, the, you nailed both of the signings that happened. Why don't you recap that? Okay, so uh, two weeks ago, I was talking about my ideal free agency signing. And it, I, I've been very vocal that we've needed somebody opposite of Michael Thomas we kind of covered whether we were going to draft somebody and you asked me and put me on the spot who I wanted. And I said, Emmanuel Sanders and lo and behold, we got Emmanuel Sanders. And I have to say thank you very much to his grandmother because she's the one who really played a part in this because she wanted him to come here and he liked the culture of the saints and had always you know, been a fan of Drew Reese and Sean Payton. So now he is, he is a new Orleans saint. Welcome to new Orleans, Emmanuel. And then uh, last week, <laughs> we were talking about players that just were being released. And I, I mentioned Malcolm Jenkins. And I said, well, could it be possible that he returns to the Saints? And I think it was like, what, two days later? <laughs> two days later. <laughs> two days go. later, we resigned him. So, yes, the crystal ball has been very active and crystal accurate. <laughs> has been good to you so far in this offseason. I've, I've asked it for lottery numbers, and it hasn't come through yet. But I'm yeah, not giving yeah. up hope. Good luck. Is the lottery even still happening? Is you know, that a thing? I don't know. I actually have no idea. <laughs> I could not tell you. I I play the same numbers and have for many, many years. I play uh, bur- my, my husband and I's birthdays and our anniversary. I've, I've done it for years and I play the local lottery because the money stays here in state. And I, I'd never check the ticket because I, I buy it and I buy it out for like uh, 10 drawings at a time. So I haven't checked it. I couldn't even tell you. I don't know if they're still doing it. It was just one thing. When you said that, I went, I don't know if we, I don't even know if that's still a thing. Like if that just disappeared or if it's still going, I know you passed the billboards and they got the numbers on it, but yes, I would think probably so. Cause that's, that's probably, that's probably something they do in studio with very limited people. So I would have to say probably they're still doing it, Um, but I couldn't tell you, I usually check my numbers online and just, with all the craziness and everything. And, you know, yeah. it's not, it, that's not a priority on Monday morning right now to do I know, that. I know, but I think that, I think both of those moves um, are, are excellent. I think that we're in really great position. You know, we've watched this NFC South really start to bolster itself and it's even gotten more so because now, you know, we've got Teddy in position mm-hmm. in Carolina. We've got, Tom Brady, which I still find this crazy that we're going to have Breeze Brady twice a year now. We've got Brady down in Tampa. We have Atlanta, which is uh, still Atlanta. Atlanta. (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, we've got, of course, the machine that we have here that we are trying to retool and make sure is perfectly oiled for this season. So now that brings the question, the big question right now, and I've got to ask you to go back to that crystal ball. Of course, not on our end, though. 
Where is Cam Newton going? Of course, he's been released and he's now a oh. massive free agent. That's you had there. to bring it up. So didn't now you? I'm putting you on the spot of all people. Where is Cam Newton going? Because I've heard a couple rumors. I have heard the same rumors too. And Saints fans, you're not going to like me right now. <laughs> I know that a lot of y'all are, are in support of him coming here, but I don't see it happening. And I'm going to tell you why. And it's just my opinion. This is not coming from the crystal wall. The crystal ball is, is basically told me come back later. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not answer, not clear. Charlie yes. Again. Answer, right. not clear. But <laughs> I, I think that Cam Newton may not get a starting job this season. I think it has to do with his injury and whether he'll be a hundred percent. He Cam Newton at, at one time was a good, good quarterback. I will never say he was a great quarterback. He was a good quarterback, very physical, but with this injury or injuries he's had over the last uh, couple of seasons. And then also to the, the, the character issue, he does a lot for his community or did a lot in Carolina when he was there. Cause he was actually released today, but he, he's, he's kind of a drama queen. And I know saints fans want him here, but I just feel like we had some issues over the last couple of seasons with our locker room and the types of players that we wanted to have here on and off the field. And I don't think that Cam Newton fits what we have now as far as locker room character and yeah. i know that's going to be a very unpopular opinion but i just know and what one I'm... and one that i will disagree with by the way one that i will disagree with you know a lot of cam newton's teammates have really enjoyed playing with him and we know the type of person we really know because you and i both know that if you go out on the forums out there cam newton takes more heat than he ever should have to. Mm -hmm. I agree. I do. He's, he's a solid guy. What he's done in Charlotte and the community has been second to none. Oh, his, time, his time through college, he was really trying to set up to be that guy who was going to be a major player in his community. And he was, and, and I think he's still going to continue to be even when he's somewhere else. But, uh, there's I actually think of, he'll still do a lot in Carolina because he made it very known. He did not want to leave there. Right. He right. A, he will. I think so. I think I he'll still, and I think wherever he lands, he will do for that community as well. Yeah. I just, I just feel like he's a character and I just don't know. I can't see him pulling the things that he pulls on the sidelines here. I think when you say terms of character, what I love about that, phrase in terms of cam newton is that he looks like something that was written into a book at every press conference i personally love his style i think it's great that he likes to make those fashion statements i don't always understand them <laughs> sometimes i go where what weird universe was that made in but then again I've walked out of the house wearing some pretty weird stuff. Myself, so <laughs> I, I can't really fault him for that. But Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, we actually, we have a little post that we do. Um, we didn't do it this season, unfortunately, because he was not starting. And of course we didn't see his press conferences. So we didn't get to see his fashion choices, but there's something that we do on a weekly basis. It's called the curious case of Cam's clothes. And we post a picture of what he's wearing and then people commentate on it. And it's, it's quite funny. But you're right. He had, he has a very unique fashion sense. Um, I just want to be able to understand his Instagram post. I'm I'm a social media ninja. Everybody knows I'm on there 24 seven. I can't understand what he writes. He, he writes in these in this weird font, and you can't really. It it takes like 10 minutes to figure out a sentence. It's crazy. So he's like I said, he's a good guy. He's in a lot for his community. I just don't know if he fits the culture here. I could be very well wrong. This is not coming from the crystal ball. The crystal ball does not want to comment on it. The crystal ball has other players on its mind right now. Other things, right. I think you hit the nail on the head. And character is the word and, and fitting into the organization, the culture. That's what we're saying, the culture. Cam Newton does not fit the culture of the New Orleans Saints. And that is the biggest reason let alone the fact that we have two quarterbacks on the roster and 
Cam Newton is not going to back up Drew Brees. We already know that. Uh, that. That is the biggest reason he won't be in New Orleans Saints. But I will tell you where I think he's going to end up, and that's in Jacksonville. I am going to go on the record and say he'll be in Jacksonville. I think that is a good fit. It's an offense that can use him. And think about that threat of, of, of Cam Newton under center. And, of course, who's your running back? Straight out of LSU? I just completely froze. And I know who you're talking about, but I just completely froze just now. Uh, so, Tina, do we have to go back? Leonard Fournette. There you go. I had to think for a second. That, look, I told you I was putting you on the spot today, so you've got to be prepared. But that's good. You came out with Leonard Fournette. Think about that tandem. That is a really great thing that could work out for Jacksonville, and that's a franchise that their fans deserve a lot. And quite frankly, the NFL wants to succeed when they move them over to London that they have uh, already kind of a couple of things under their belt. So – I think that's a place he could land. I think that's kind of the next great saga that yeah. we're watching. I right could now. possibly see that. I could I could see that because they don't have foals anymore. Minshew is mm, mediocre at best. So yeah, yeah I, I could I could true. I could see that. I could see that there. Yeah, that and they're be- and they're a um they're a franchise that doesn't have a fan base like like New Orleans does or like Dallas does, I think signing someone with Cam like like Cam, a big name star player like that, um, I, I think he could go there and and do well as far as uh, bringing some attention and and they could do like a big promotion PR thing. It would get the fans hyped up. So I could see that working there on that end. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it I would, could I could too. It'd be interesting to see if nothing else. It's kind of like Tampa Bay and 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 Brady. Right. I mean, because Jameis Winston, I mean, whatever, whatever happens with him where he winds up. But I mean, Brady's there. Fans are hype. I mean, they're, they're hype. They're ready. I mean, they're excited. I mean, they literally went from, you know, bottom of the pack up, you know, top five favorites with, with Brady. So yeah, I, I could actually see that be a good thing for, for Jacksonville. I, I think so. I think it could work out for Jacksonville. Obviously, there's still a lot of free agencies left to go. Yeah. Uh, I have another one I have to ask you about. Yeah. How did you feel about uh, Eli Apple heading out to uh, to Las Vegas? Okay, so I, I I don't know if we've covered this on the show before, but I know I have in in Saints chats and, and people that follow me on Twitter. I was excited when we saw Janoris Jenkins. Yes. I mean he Jack Rabbit. Everybody knows his nickname is Jack Rabbit. I was excited. I liked Eli Apple. Also, this was tough for me because I had to take personal feelings out of it. Jenkins is an upgrade and he just restructured his deal, saved us some money. I'm sad Eli left. I like depth. I'm all about depth, but those are two players that neither one of them are going to sit on the bench. Right. So we couldn't keep them both. I knew that was going to happen. So I'm okay. I'm okay with the decision because like I said, I feel like Jenkins was a slight upgrade. I mean, he coming, you know, coming from the Giants. I mean, he was, he was, he was great. I mean, everybody went with that situation and him leaving. I mean, you don't, you don't pick up those kind of players mid season. Right. So right. it was kind of shocking, you know, that we were able to land them, especially because there were other teams at the time that had injuries and we weren't really, I guess like, uh, what's the word? We weren't really uh, top tier. We weren't the, in the prime position. Right, right. right. Because, I mean, you know, we've, we've had issues the last three years with cap money. So it was kind of a shock when we yeah. got him. And you just don't get players like that. And we signed a, a pretty decent deal with him. We knew Mickey was going to do his money magic, which is what he did this year. And, you know, he, he basically saved us, uh, I think it was like four, a little over $4 million. So now we've got something like uh, $7 million cap space. I think we're going to sign somebody else big. Don't know what it's going to be. There's been a couple of rumors uh, of players that are available right now and different positions. So it's, it'll, it'll be interesting. I don't think it's again, Cam Newton. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Jameis Winston. I I think as far as quarterbacks, I think we're set. We may draft one, but it will not be in the first round. As you know, there are scouts and and Sean Payton are geniuses with finding those mid uh, to lower round players. 
but uh, there, there's been a lot of talk about certain players out there that are free agents, and this one's not going to be a popular one either, but uh, Nicole Ruby Coleman. Oh, that would be a, a free really... Agent. To, I, you know, <clears throat> I feel a little nauseated. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's been... Look, Saints fans have been saying they don't have an issue with it. I personally have an issue with it. I haven't I, I forgotten. <laughs> I haven't I forgotten. I'm not, I'm not a forgive and forget kind of girl when it comes to my team. <laughs> so um, for all you Saints fans, the, the crystal ball says no, again, for the same reasons I said about Cam Newton. But, uh, you know, hey, if y'all want to cheer it on, go ahead. <laughs> go for it. Right. And I, also, I also think an interesting guy that we have picked up uh, today, I don't know if you saw the signing, uh, the, the Houston Roughnecks were having yeah. an amazing season Derek in the XFL. Uh, that guy, Nichols, is a guy who was leading the XFL in interceptions. He had a great career in South Florida. I would be interested to see what kind of player he's going to turn into. I know he didn't pan out much when he was with the Cardinals, but the success that he was having on the field – in Houston, transferring that to the NFL and picking up on it and building on it. He's a guy that I think that we can really watch and see what that progresses to. Yes, yes. He's 25 years old, and he, like you said, he, he led the league with interceptions. Houston was the only 5-0 and undefeated team before the league, you know, ceased because of uh, everything going on with coronavirus. So they signed him for a one-year deal. So basically, it's a prove-it deal. I mean, honestly, what do we have to lose? There's nothing. Probably a very, very affordable contract, and you know, see what happens. And an opportunity for a guy to go from, uh, you know, if you if you look at it in the world of music, this is your opportunity to go from being an opening act to being a headliner, and that doesn't happen very often. So now you've just got to go on tour and prove yourself throughout the, the spring and throughout training camp. And let's see if there's a, a gem that comes out of this, this, uh, this player here. So and I'm, that, I'm all excited about and it. And that was the ultimate goal of the XFL was to put the spotlight on some of these players that normally didn't have it and basically get their second and third chances. So yeah. I think, I think if I remember correctly, there was like three players that were signed so far. I so, I think there were three. I think he's the third. And I think there will be a few more before it's all over with. So um, it's going to be something to watch. But I also saw that Noah Spence is yes. coming back on board. Yes, yes. So that'll be he was, another. He was signed mid last year, uh, mid-season last year. And uh, he, he's, he's been a player that came on. And he, he embraced New Orleans, came out and said he liked, you know, what we did. He liked the culture. He felt very comfortable and he hadn't seen anything like that before. So he's back with the saints as well. So we're, we're making moves. We're not making huge moves right now as for big splash player, so to speak, we're taking care of business. And I don't mind that. I like staying under the radar. I don't like when, you know, I turn on NFL network and the little bottom ticker, you know, all you hear for two or three days is, is something that a team did kind of like Brady, you know, we're, we're getting it done. We're doing things. We're saving money. We restructured a couple of deals um, Mike Thomas restructured his deal to make it a little more cap friendly. So we're, we're getting a little more room. That's why I say, I think something, something's going to happen. We're, we're saving up some money to make some moves, whether that's going to be a player, a big player in particular, or players. I don't know. Yeah. It's, there's a lot to be seen in this off season. It is great that we can kind of keep our eyes on that and maybe off of some other things there are moves to make. And in talking about moves, I want to tell you, you know, today is National Takeout Day. Did you know that? I did not know that. Today is National Takeout Day, and I think it comes at a great time when restaurants really can only do takeout business all over the country. And so today for lunch, I went over next door. I told you, I told you before, I've got a great place right next mm-hmm. door to me. It's called Bienvenue Bar and Grill. And I got myself something I hadn't had in quite a while. And that was a hamburger steak with mashed potatoes. It was the classic lunch. And I could, I could not have been happier with the choice. It was covered with that 
perfect gravy and they smothered the onions over it. I really, really enjoyed it. And then I also wanted to mention a place last week, a place right down the street, Connor Mullins, who used to be the head chef over at Brightson's Restaurant, which is a New Orleans classic, has his own place and it's called Yaya's and it's right on Hickory and Harahan. And I went over there on Wednesday and got the lasagna. It had been a while since I'd been there. I had a lot, a lot of things kind of going on. I hadn't been doing lunch out for a while. Work was really busy, but I made sure I got myself back to my, my lasagna last Wednesday for the first time in probably six months. And let me tell you something. If you're a lasagna person, oh, God, it is amazing. It is amazing. I am. I'm so, Italian, and I'm extremely picky with my lasagnas and every, pastas. I am, too. But every Wednesday, they do lasagna for lunch. And it's a place that's open for breakfast and lunch. Their breakfast is always fantastic. Their lunch is always just amazing. Check out their specials. It's called Yaya's. And... um Really good stuff, but just wanted to give a quick shout out to those. And in doing that, I've gotten myself a little hungry. So I'm thinking about what am I going to make for dinner this week? What am I doing? You know, we're all having to adapt to not only going to takeout, but to looking at at food at home now, yes. right? Are we all doing yes. a little bit and more I've cooking? Is it just so me? many people talk about? new recipes they're trying things normally you know you don't have time when you get off of work if you get home you know you get off at five o'clock you get home at close to five thirty, six o'clock so a lot of these meals that you cook and i and i call them work night meals that i i can't cook i can't cook lasagna on a work night i mean right. there's quite a few things that i just it's a weekend meal that i normally would have to cook because i just don't have the time i'm tired when i get home trying to settle in and everything so a lot of people being home now that's what they've been saying. We've been having cooking chats online, sharing recipes, and they're getting to try different things that they normally didn't get to do, or they're cooking things that they haven't cooked for years or, you know, or months because they just haven't had the time to do it. So kind of reinventing, we're becoming amateur chefs at home. And I mean, I love to cook anyway. I, I, I do. I'm, I'm big on supporting local businesses. They need our help right now, especially, and because they're doing takeout only. And a lot of them are offering specials, which we mentioned last week, but you know, on the flip side too, don't be afraid to try something. Don't be afraid to try a new recipe. Uh, I've had people actually I had somebody today give me a recipe on how to make Wendy's Frosties. So Ooh. I don't know for the kids and definitely kids like Wendy's Frosties, but um, uh, they, for me personally, I like Wendy's Frosties too. But if you, if you're a fan of the Wendy's Frosties, I got a recipe for, for that today. So that, that was kind of exciting. So next time I think I want something sweet. I'm going to try this recipe. It's, it's very basic. It's, it's chocolate milk. It's uh, condensed milk and Cool Whip because it doesn't me. freeze. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you had me at condensed milk, but <laughs> if you add Cool Whip on top of that. I'm, yeah. I think you I'm mix it all together and freeze it because it doesn't get hard. So it's like, it's like a thick milkshake. So I'm, I want to try that now. So I'm learning a lot of different recipes from people and I'm sharing my recipes as, as well. Every time I cook something, I'll share a picture on Twitter and tell everybody, like we smoked chicken this, this past weekend. We have a smoker and we smoked mm -hmm. two large chickens, whole chickens, cut them up. And for lunch, I've been making chicken, uh, chicken quesadillas. We did smoked chicken the first night. Then we did a sp uh, chicken spaghetti. But for lunch, I've been doing ca chicken quesadillas. Yeah. And I told you, I told you last week, Cherie was making that uh, country fried, fried steak. steak. Yes. Oh my gosh. That was so good. It was so good. Uh, I can't even, I can't even tell you. And then the whole week, you know, I'm kind of diving back into some of the regulars where I'm going, okay you know what, I'm going to do my tacos or I do my red beans. But one thing I hadn't made in quite a long time was white beans. And white beans is a similar dish to red beans, mm -hmm. but it takes, A, not as much time. It's not as labor as in intensive as the red beans are. But if you can do white beans right, oh, the flavor is just un unreal. So, um, you know, that was something that I always – one thing I did today, I, I went out to the Piggly Wiggly. We've only got like that's three a name of those I haven't around. heard yeah. in years. <laughs> a Piggly Wiggly. Uh, we've got like I think three of them in the metropolitan area, and I happened to be going out to the West Bank earlier, and I said, you know what? I, I got a few minutes to spare. I'm gonna stop in the Piggly Wiggly 
and see if they've got some eggs. And sure enough, they did. I was, you know, the light shined. I was able to like lift my fists in victory because not only did they have that, but they also had bunny bread. And so I gave the fist, you know, the fist pump, quick dab in the aisle. You know, I was really excited. And, uh, but I also went over to uh, the produce area. And one thing I like to buy is the the pre-chopped Trinity. That is hard to say three times. Trinity season. But, you know, you know the Trinity. I know the Trinity. You've got to get, make sure you've got your onions, your bell peppers, your celery. That is the holy trinity of Southern cooking. You got to have it. That is, that's what you use for your gumbo. I mean, mean, we, you you can use it for a lot of things, but you can use it for everything. But that, that that is a must have for gumbo. It is a must have for gumbo. It's a must have for red beans. Quite frankly, you've got to have those flavors and you can, I can tell when you haven't, when you've just made some, you know, you, you just use some onions, you cheated a little bit, the flavors that those three ingredients make marry everything so well. So I'll be honest, I cook everything with Trinity just about. Okay, I'll make tacos with Trinity. I make everything. <laughs> well, you said Trinity. the magic word was red beans. And let me tell you what my secret is. Yes. I cut up jalapenos and put them in my red beans jalapenos yes yes i take a couple of sliced jalapenos and chop them up and place them in my red beans so you chop them the same way that you would chop your onions or your correct. peppers or... correct so really that's my you... secret ingredient in my red beans and you use fresh fresh yes. jalapenos do you obviously you probably take the the seeds that you de-seed them yes and then you... yes oh I take the nice yes now, if you don't have them, and a lot of times people don't have them, you can cheat and just get the jar of jalapenos. Because I'm sure anybody that's got children or like nachos has a jar of jalapenos in their freezer. I mean, in refrigerator. Yeah. So you can always take those too. And and of course, because of the juice, they're already pickled. And you put them in the the beans, and it gives a little more flavor. You don't have to use as much. But yeah, that's been my secret recipe for years. I learned that I can't even tell you how long ago it was. Now, what's your what's your meat? In the red beans, what do you use? I only use uh, a sausage, like a smoked sausage. Yeah, That's I only use smoked sausage. That's all you're doing. I'm I'm of the school when I grew up, and I learned to cook red beans. I always started with a with a pickled pork. I was gonna say ham. ham. Yeah, oh, some, some people, people use ham. Use yeah, ham. I... Some people, but I was a pickled pork. That pickled meat when you saute it down and you start building your flavor profile off of that. And when you talked about using the, uh, the, the jarred jalapenos, that would actually work well to probably saute with your pickled meat because it's already got that vinegared saltiness mm-hmm. to it. And you could probably build a really good flavor profile around that. I tell you what, I may try that and see how it goes. I've had I'm a lot of people, that that's what they've been cooking because they, they obviously have everybody at home, so they're making larger pots of things. And those, the four things that people have been making, obviously red beans, gumbo, jambalaya, and beef stew. And so those are the things that we've been kind of sharing our recipes with online because, you know, everybody's got a little bit, like I said, I shared about the jalapenos. When you were talking about boiling crawfish, you shared about putting pineapple in it. So everybody's kind of got their little something extra that they put in their recipes. But those are the four things that a lot of people have been making lately. And also too, you can eat off of it more than once or twice. Yeah, so, those are perfect family meals. To yes, just keep yes. Rolling. And oh, absolutely. so if, if y'all listening and you have any recipes for those four or really any other recipes that you're cooking and, and you're making extras and having leftovers share them with us because we're obviously we're foodies and we love to talk about food and we love learning about new recipes so and especially myself because you know i'm italian and i'm all about trying new things so i'm not afraid and if you know if it doesn't work it doesn't work but i'll definitely try it so if you know y'all want to hit us up and let us know what y'all are cooking definitely we're, we're well, how, how are they going to hit us up tina on twitter at the Nola girl <laughs> And I am, of course, the craziest name on Twitter, I feel like, at Momus the M-A-U-M-U-S-T-H-E, Momus Maybe the. we should put out a poll this week on what your new Twitter handle should be. 
Is that, can you change it? Is that? Yes, of course. I'm like a really like, uh, I'm, I'm a great technical person. I know computers well. I feel like I know social media fairly well. Twitter is not something that I'm an expert at. So yes, if y'all I can love come up with a name for, for his new Twitter handle. We will, if we will take a poll on it and we will give you a shout out on next week's show. And I tell you what, if somebody's able to come up with a really good one, I will send you a gift. I will send you a gift. So um, actually I know what I'm going to send you. I already know it. And it's something I wanted to make sure I talked about today. And I will send you a bottle of the stuff that I think makes the world's greatest bloody Mary. Remember we've had that discussion for the last couple of days, right? Yeah. We've, Um, we've, we've, we've made quite a few people uh, very hungry and thirsty (laughs) for bloody Marys. And we, and we talked about what's, you know, the, Bloody Mary, you, if you look at the quintessential cocktails, I think just about anywhere the Bloody Mary is up there. And that's whether you're on the West Coast, you're on the Gulf Coast, you're on the East Coast, you're in the Midwest. The Bloody Mary is a staple yes. cocktail that doesn't change. And everybody does it a little different. And of course, you posted a very interesting one this week on Twitter that had all co- what was coming out of that thing that is that is my personal favorite not only because i love their food they have some of the best seafood and baked macaroni around but they are so known for their and they do not call it the bloody mary it is called the crabby mary the crabby mary. mary yes it is made with a soft shell crab i one of my favorite foods, my top three favorite foods is soft shell crab and olives and they have shrimp and they use the olives to make the little eyes. But the drink itself, take all that away. The Bloody Mary itself is really good. That just sets it apart from everybody else because when you look at it, you're just like, wow, what is this? It's, it's a, it is a conversation piece, but the drink itself is good. The, the soft show, like I said, their seafood is incredible. But so I mean, it has the drink stands even by itself it alone. It stands to it by itself. Yes, I would say it does. And I tell you, it is a it is a beautiful looking piece. But when yeah. I saw the picture of it, well, the first thing I thought was, you remember the movie The Christmas Story when they go there and it's got the, you know, they get the Christmas uh, duck that they put on the table yes. and the guy goes. <laughs> It's, it's smiling at me. You know, that's what, yes. that's what I was thinking when I first saw it. But, you know, there are some places that stack whatever they can find on top of their Bloody mm-hmm. Marys. And I think it's great, but I'm looking for a Bloody Mary, not a Bloody Meal. That's what yes. I said before. Yeah, I know. I laughed and you said that. But no, like I said, there's hush puppy shrimp. It's got your, you know, your staple. It's got the beans. It's got celery in it. It's got the olives. But it, it, it is. It's delicious. I mean, it's absolutely. The drink itself is delicious. The food is delicious. They're out in Kenner right by Esplanade Mall. Um, they just, I mean, that's one of my favorite places. And they've also got an incredible lobster special over there is what I have been told but haven't quite gone to check it out yet. So. I haven't. I haven't had their lobster. I've pretty much had everything else on their menu, though. Uh, their boiled crawfish when they're in season, and they do the specials. I mean, their their food is just really good. But that that Krabby Mary is very well known. You can you can look online for top five Bloody Marys in New Orleans, and you will see the picture. And I'll share it again tomorrow on Twitter for those of y'all who missed it uh, from the other day, because it is it is a presentation that you must see. There is a there is a Bloody Mary that's down the street. I'm not going to name the place, but I, I went because it was named, you know, the only in your state things that pop up on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. Yes, yes. yes. I said it was named number one, and I said that's right down the street from me. I'm going, and I get served this Bloody Mary with, you know, bacon and sausage and cheese and there's a stack of stuff like a foot tall coming off the glass. And I go, well, this is nice. And I eat a couple of the garnishes and I go, okay, I'm over that. I'm putting all of this junk to the side so I can get to what I really want, which is the Bloody Mary. 
and I take my first sip of that Bloody Mary, and I just sink my head and go, you can stack whatever you want on the drink, but if the drink itself is not the star, you're doing something wrong. And that brought us to the conversation about what needs to be in the quintessential Bloody Mary. And there are Bloody Marys all over town. And New Orleanians, we argue about Bloody Marys, whether you like them or not. I can tell you, one of the things I'm really going to miss the most about Jazz Fest, especially during that, the summertime, is being out before the gates open, going to Liuzas by the track, and getting what I think is the city's best Bloody Mary nice and early in the morning before the gates even open. So that's your favorite of anywhere that in the city. Is, that is, to me, there's a, there's a one and a one A. One is Liuzas by the track. One A is in the French Quarter and it's just off of Bourbon Street. It's a little bar called the Alibi. And I... the Alibi makes an amazing Bloody Mary, very basic, but they, they make their own infused vodka in-house and they've been doing it for ever. And it's a big service industry bar. We've been there a couple of times for Saints games. Uh-huh. Uh, usually if, if it's an evening game, we'll go walk to the French Quarter. They have great cheese fries. Bar food before Saints game is awesome. Oh yeah. But, before uh, or after, you know? Yes. But yes, we, we had been there a couple of times and, and got, uh, got cheese fries. So, and, and, and there were a lot of people in there drinking. Yep. And I can tell you one of the big things about both of those Bloody Marys. Now, both of those Bloody Marys, and probably if I gave you my list of the top five, none of them would have a pile of stuff on top <laughs> of it. But uh, both of those Bloody Marys have one thing in common, and that's the horseradish and Worcestershire. Those are two things that I think have to be in a Bloody Mary. And the other thing that's important with me is a good mix. If I, I always, you can open up my refrigerator at any point in time and you'll find a bottle of Zing Zang in there ready to go. Zing Zang makes an amazing Bloody Mary mix. There are other ones that are made in town. Some of them I've tried, some of them I haven't. I'm not going to claim to be the world's biggest Bloody Mary expert because quite frankly, tomatoes often give me heartburn so i can't do them all the time and a lot of people make it make them homemade too without a mix i mean you can do that if you have the ingredients it's just the mix it's it's so affordable and it's just it's much easier to do you can and you know what's funny i i always i've had a tradition since i was a little kid i went to montana with my great aunt who has been uh departed for many years now god rest her soul but I was in the sixth grade and I was going up to Montana to spend the, the, the time between Christmas and New Year's in Montana, of all places where it was negative degrees. And anyway, we get on the flight there. This is my first time on a plane. And uh, my aunt flew first class. I, I was able to fly first class. I'm going, oh, this is amazing. Well, the stewardess comes up and you know takes her drink order and then looks at me and says, well, what do you want to drink? And I'm looking up. And I said, well, I'm going to have a, um, I'm thinking an apple juice sounds good. And my aunt just speaks up and goes, he's going to have a Bloody Mary. Do you know, I have never taken a flight since then. And I've taken many that I do not drink a Bloody Mary on that plane. And one of the best things to me now is I'll get the the Mr. and Mrs. T's Bloody Mary mix with whatever vodka they got on the flight. I make my Bloody Mary. I stir it up. And at 30,000 feet, that thing tastes like liquid gold. I don't know how to explain it. But when I'm on the ground, it tastes eh, not so great. But Well, it's funny you, know. you talk about mixes because there's another very popular drink in New Orleans uh, that is pretty much the, the, where, it's, where it's made is, is the place to go if you're a tourist in New Orleans. And do you know who I'm talking about? I have a feeling I do. That's Pat O'Brien's in the French Quarter. And, and they're known for what's called a hurricane. It is an extremely popular drink. It's made with rum. It originated back in World War II when whiskey was hard to come by. It's served in a glass, and it's a hurricane glass, so that's where it's got it's got its name. Pat O'Brien sells their mix online. You can order it all over the country. So unfortunately, we can't go there now, but if somebody's in the mood for a hurricane, you can order it along. They'll ship you the mix. But also, too, it is something that you can make from home, from scratch, if you don't have the mix. 
And it's it a- is. It is. And I want to tell you real quick, I, I, you know, one of the great things about that story about the hurricane, during World War II, whiskey was so scarce and rum was so abundant that the liquor distributors would force a bar owner to buy a ton of rum just to get some whiskey. Because all the sailors wanted the whiskey, obviously. Yeah. But that was that to me was such a fascinating concept that, hey, we'll sell you the whiskey, but you got to take a bunch of this junk we're getting rid of. And it's, it's funny because to this day, that is their most popular drink. Yeah. And yeah. see, I know you're a whiskey guy. I am not. I'm not a whiskey girl, but I'm a, I like rum. And this is made with both light and dark rum. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, a, it's a fruity drink. It, the, yeah. the base of the mix is uh, passion fruit. Yes. But like I said, if you don't have the mix, and I think it's like $5 for a bottle of the mix that you can order, mm-hmm. but that's the base of it is passion fruit. It's orange juice. It's lime, grenadine, simple syrup. You garnish it with an orange slice, cherry, but light and dark rum. And it's, and it's I, a fruity, it's a, I'd say a little sweet, but it's, it's not overly sweet. It's, kind, it's not like a pina colada when you're drinking a pina colada and it, you know, it's extremely sweet, but it's just got a little hint of it. And, and I think because of the orange juice and, and the passion fruit kind of, you know. Well, and that grenadine base, it's really kind of that grenadine cherry, you know, there's a lot of fruit that's in there. Of course, passion fruit is the base for it, but you know, I've, I've, I've had a lot of success making hurricanes and one of the hard things to do is to get the mix of the light and dark rum right. It's easy to mess it up. So my best suggestion is if you want to make a great hurricane at home that actually tastes pretty close to what you're going to get at Pato's, get the mix and use a, use a spiced rum like a Captain Morgan or a, if, you, if you need to do something cheap, there's a Castillo spiced rum or an Admiral Nelson don't feel like you have to spend a ton of money on rum to make a good hurricane because you don't have to. And spiced rum will get you almost the flavor of that mix in the dark and the light without trying to get it right from the bottles. And that's just a little tip I want to throw out there on the hurricane that I have learned over years of trial and error. Yeah, it's 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 a good one. It's a staple. Pat O'Brien's is a beautiful place. They have a beautiful courtyard with a fire pit, and it's on a Friday or Saturday night. That's like the go-to place. So if anybody's in the mood for a hurricane, like I said, unfortunately they are closed right now, but you can order the the mix online. Again, hit us up on Twitter. We can give you the recipe. I'll be happy to post it tomorrow. There's just a lot of great drinks out there, and a lot of great recipes for for food and things that we can we can do right now and again we have to take advantage of this time and experiment with different things and try new things and again like i said if you have any suggestions please hit us up and let us know because we're all about trying it and then we can come and give you a shout out afterwards you know take a couple pictures share it with y'all let you know how it goes because right now i mean you know we're all in this together I, I think our service industry workers right now that are kind of working on a skeleton crew we need to support them right now. They're strictly doing, you know, takeout or delivery. So we, we need to give them as much support as possible. So that designated night when you normally would go out to dinner with the family, do, do, do the same, do your takeout. Maybe if you can do another night, do two nights a week and order from that local restaurant up the street, give them our business because they need it more more than ever right now. And, and, you know, we're appreciated that they're trying to to do what they can do to, to help us out as well. A lot of places are offering specials. I've seen just in the last couple of days, they're offering family meals at reduced prices. They're offering, you know, 25% off, off of a order of 40 or more. Uh, We had a, a seafood restaurant that was doing a special for four family of four for $35. You got shrimp and catfish and hush puppies and fries and your choice of either a uh, coleslaw or a salad that is incredible you cannot cook that at home for that price not for that price and so we need to support our local businesses right now and 
I just want to give a shout out to, you know, everybody in our service industry, everybody in the medical field that's working the front lines right now, you know, all the delivery drivers, Amazon, Walmart that are out there trying to get us our packages so we don't have to flood the stores. And it's just, you know, like I said, these are, these are crazy times and we're getting through it and we're here for y'all. And, you know, like- and I want to, I want to give a quick shout out to a dear friend of mine up in Pennsylvania who gave me a great suggestion. And that we were talking about Bloody Marys and hurricanes and cocktails. Folks, you may be trying to figure out how to get the balance between kicking back and being productive and getting that desire to get off the couch and get something done. Well, here's a great idea that she had. And I think I am going, I actually started this last night and it worked out beautifully. Do your drinking, have yourself your cocktail but pair it up with some type of productivity. Been put, putting off cleaning out the garage, been putting off cleaning those blinds, been putting off clearing out that AC intake filter. There's nothing wrong with pouring yourself, making yourself a drink, make yourself a cocktail, get experimental, go online, buy a mix. You, you can make it as strong or as, as weak as you want, but you can, Pair that up with doing something productive. And that way you're rewarding yourself at the same time that you're doing something productive. And if you pair those things together, you're either going to get a whole lot done and feel really good (laughs) (laughs) or, uh, you know, you're just not going to get off the couch at all and you just don't pair them up. But that's a way for you to reward yourself at the same time. Maybe it gives you a little extra motivation to get things done. So that was a great suggestion, Christina. Thank you very much. Thank you, Christina. Coming in, seriously. Thank you, Christina. And we thank y'all so much for joining us. We really appreciate all our suggestions and ideas. And again, if you have anything for next week, we're all open ears for y'all. This is Tina again at the Nola Girl on Twitter with my partner Jeff. Of course, at at Momus the don't forget about uh starting today today right now as you're listening right now come up with a better twitter handle for me dm it to me right now it's at Momus the m-a-u-m-u-s-t-h-e and you'll get a special gift and shout out from us on next week's show y'all have a great night thank you again for joining us this is tina and jeff with floors truly At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business are heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things, and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you.